This is the International Education Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Chatham, and our contributors today are... Sabira and Jacinda. Thanks for being here. I'm looking forward to hearing what caught your eye in the news this week. Sabira, why don't you start us? The article that I looked at was called Reimagining Career Services for International Students, and it was... Uh, shared from the ISEF monitor. So they look at market intelligence for international student recruitment based on trends and data affecting the field. And um, they wrote this article because um, universities currently have a high demand from students, including international students, to provide more career readiness. So that is ranked as a top priority for students when selecting a university, but many students do not actually feel like their university prepares them for their career. Um, So in order for universities to remain competitive uh, in today's marketplace, they need to be offering innovative strategies for career readiness and also um, promoting this to their prospective students. That's quite a bit. Um, I'm looking forward to unpacking that and seeing how you know, what it means for our marketing campaigns and things like that. Jacinda, what uh, what did you bring in this week? I looked at a report um, that was published on the Pi News, which is a news and business analysis site for professionals in international education. And the report was looking at how international students see the admissions process. So they surveyed 476 students from 38 countries, and one of the key findings addresses the need for meaningful engagement during the admissions process. Um, Currently, most universities rely on their websites to provide students with complex information, which the report found isn't appealing for millennials or Gen Z. Um, And the students stated that they had confusion over rankings and course offerings um, in the visa process. So um, there's not just a need for support, but relevant support for these students um, that would address these concerns. Uh, Another finding from the report was that prospective students are turning to U.S. news outlets uh, for their selection of colleges. Um, which is interesting because not the best news is going to make it onto, you know, so I don't know if that's the best way to look for perspe- uh, prospective schools, but that's where they're going. Um, and over half were interested in more information about career outcomes, which kind of aligns with what Sabira had found this week as well. Um, so, yeah. Well, there's a lot to unpack. So the, the guiding question in this episode is, is how might this news impact the marketing activities? Uh, and I'm wondering, first of all, Jacinda, thanks for bringing a connection between these two articles. I'm wondering what other themes you see emerging or if there's something that you think together the, the two different um, articles suggest might be a, an outcome or an implication for, for marketing. Um, So the implication that I see is that um, for institutions to market themselves, they need to really be emphasizing those career outcomes more. 
um, especially, for example, liberal arts colleges, which traditionally focus more on the academic components. They need to uh, be promoting those career outcomes so that students feel confident. And for international students who may invest quite a bit of money in studying in the United States, uh, they want to be getting that return on their money. Uh, so marketing materials should be reflecting uh, career success that graduates will find from enrolling in a program at that university. Sure, sure. The uh, One of the marketing mix elements for services marketing is, is the idea of proof. So talking about the outcomes, like you've suggested, is really an important piece of showing that something as intangible as education is worthwhile. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jacinda? I agree, and I think it's uh, something. Uh, it's a common theme I'm seeing in uh, international education, uh, with, in regards to selection and recruitment, is this career outcomes. Um, I, I don't know if this was a hot topic before the, the pandemic, but it sure is now. Um, people want to know that whatever programs or universities they choose, that uh, it's going to increase their employability, and that and that. There, those um, courses are going to be aligned with career, some type of career outcomes. Um, for my article, um, one suggestion that was made was that admissions offices need to enhance their digital platforms so that they're more engaging for students. Um, and also, I would just add on to that that there needs to be more. Uh, support online that could guide these students as far as like visa processes and also um, employment statistics for their for their universities or uh, if it's just a program they need to have that information available on their website if they're going to rely so heavily on their website to provide international students with that information it's a good point um what, what kind of things do you think might be possible in terms of developing more support for career services specifically that then also contributes to a more effective marketing message? Uh, well, so ISAF had put out some examples of um, creating collaborations with businesses and alumni. Um, so in terms of um, in terms of having more informal conversations around careers uh, and that could be something that also um, takes place on their websites or uh, for example with uh, an, a student panel and having current students talk about their internship opportunities or recent alums talk about their Um, opportunities getting a job after graduation and having conversations that are at the students level so they can really relate to the material and um, be able to connect to the person who's providing that information sure it seems like a possibility in the digital space we can get down to really customized almost one-to-one but not 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 quite that exact that far but we can get down to really personalized support structures um, the thing can go forward and be used as proof that our programs are doing what they say they're going to do right what might the uh, differences be we've kind of I think framed this a little bit from the perspective of the international student but we haven't really said it's exclusive to international students 
Um, what are your thoughts when I make this about all students? I think for all students, it's still relevant because career outcomes are increasingly important to American students as well, and especially for the traditional age students whose parents are highly involved. Um, that's something that they really want to be seeing a return for their money. Uh, so it really can apply to general recruitment, but for international students, there are those additional considerations, like whether they are able to get work authorization in the U.S. after they graduate. Yeah, that's an important issue, and, and we heard from uh, Ryotaro today in the practicum presentation about the concerns that he has about uh, being able to find employment that will sponsor him and let him continue to stay here. So it's a meaningful, meaningful challenge. Yeah, and it's definitely going to play into uh, international students' consideration when they're considering a, a country, a host country, or a host institution. It's going to be what kind of employment opportunities are going to be available. Um, I read this week some for another class um, that I think it was Ireland opened up their... their um, what am I trying to say? Uh, the visa for for working, the work visa, I guess. So they opened up that process. Um, so they're going to be, they're really doing what they can to get students to study in Ireland. Um, so they're making employment opportunities easier. Um, they have a huge marketing strategy, online marketing a video that they launched on social media platforms that kind of appeals to this generation that lives online. It's like, come and it be an adventure and, you know, an experience of a lifetime, and people eat that up. Um, so I think that those are effective strategies if you're trying to recruit to and, and reach markets that maybe you weren't, um, you didn't have access to before. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of this works for all students. We All students want to know that there's going to be a return on their investment. Um, we've been experiencing difficult times for a long time, and there's I feel like projections are it's going to continue into the future. So if you're going to invest $60,000 or however much money into a, a program, you want to know that that's going to be worth the money and that you're not going to be struggling to find a position once you graduate. Maybe like with Ms., they prepare you, at least in the IEM program, that that last semester you're going to be doing practicum, which could then turn into a job. Uh, and either way, they provide a lot of opportunities for networking. That is a great way to meet employers. So all of these taken in con into consideration kind of shows the overall um, mood right now of uh, return, on, return on your money, um, employability, um, and aligning your program to, to career outcomes. <laughs> okay. Well, that seems really quite aligned with, with your article, Sabira and the idea of reimagining career services. Career services in some places is its own standalone, independent administrative department without a lot of meaningful connections back to the curriculum or curricula of the institution. And that's where uh, there's a real opportunity for improvement. 
is to connect career outcomes and employer feedback back into the curricular design process so that there's a full loop where faculty get to understand what employers are looking for, employers get access to interns and employees because they have a deeper relationship with the school than just posting a job. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is a mutually beneficial cycle. Students get better prepared for jobs because faculty are getting in contact with the employers. And it's not all through the classic career services office. Uh, Specialty schools, engineering schools, business schools, I think these kinds of places that already have their own career services centers should take the next step, which is to put it into sort of a three-way relationship Uh, between um, employers and faculty, with career services being the other leg of that stool. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, So that's something that ISEF also recommended, is having a more holistic integration of career services. So they had an example that's something that we also do at MISS, which is for class, uh, having students look up job postings and write a statement of why they would be a good fit for that job. And then a student actually got an internship out of that. So those are things that could be integrated into the curriculum. Like for example, me being a history major, I didn't really know what kind of positions to look for or how to apply that um, when I graduated. So that would have been something really helpful to me and probably other students. Good example, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any other uh, thoughts, any sort of connections or conflicts that you see between the articles or any other observations you'd like to make? No, I think we pretty much covered everything, um, but it's something that will require resources and investment, which hopefully universities will be able to do. I know that there's been um, a down enrollment has been going down, including for international students. Um, So hopefully they can still afford the resources to develop these new programs. Yeah, it's worth the investment for sure. All right. Well, thank you both very much for being here and participating in the podcast this week. I'm looking forward to the discussion that it prompts and seeing how your colleagues react to it and what they have to say. Mm -hmm. So thanks again. Thanks for having us, Daniel. Thank you. 